When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Scran. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and my guests on this bonus episode are Martin Comston and Phil McHugh, stars of Martin Comston's Norwegian Fling, which has recently started on BBC Scotland and BBC Two. You may be familiar with Martin Comston from his acting roles in hit TV series such as Line of Duty and The Rig, and Phil McHugh is a TV personality and owner of Scarpa PR, which is based in Edinburgh. A couple of years back, Martin and his good friend Phil set out to film a Scottish travelogue adventure, and its success has seen the second series commissioned. I chatted to Martin and Phil about their time in Norway, the interesting and even challenging food and drink they encountered, Martin's plans to produce a beer, and how what they encountered compares to their travels in Scotland. Both Martin and Phil share their tips for eating and drinking in Scotland, and I had to ask about their desert island jams. Okay, I'm joined by Martin Comston and Phil McHugh, and we're here to talk about Martin Comston's Norwegian Fling, which is out on the BBC this month. So hello both. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah. Promos were coming just to the end of our wee promo tour, but it's 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 really nice when you're on something that you're proud of yourself and that you love being part of. But it's nice when you can feel that people who have seen it enjoyed it. You know, it's yeah. So it's actually really exciting this time. There's because when we did it the last time, we didn't know how people would take to it. <laughs> we didn't know how it would turn out. But this time, there seems to be a real anticipation about it. So it's it's exciting. Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, how did you meet and how did the series come about? <laughs> so we met when we were in our late teens, um, here in Glasgow actually. We were kind of both on the on the circuit of going out to a lot of events, you know, I was starting in television, he was in acting and we were at a lot of the similar events in, in the city centre. And usually the last two at the bar. And that's really how we how we started and sometimes how we end still. <laughs> um, but that kind of set off our friendship and over the years we've grown alongside each other, you know, and, uh, and during COVID time, Martin was learning Gaelic. And I'm a fluent Gaelic speaker. So as well as having Duolingo, uh, with his bad pronunciation, he would tap into me in WhatsApp to get the right pr- pronunciation mm-hmm. for some of these words. But it fascinated me when I said to him, oh, well, I've always wanted to make Gaelic a little bit more cooler. You know, I want to make it, I've always had that ambition that it should be, you know, seen by the masses. And, you know, it's not just a, 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 a phase that's dying out or anything like that. And with this boy's, uh, you know, profile as well, I thought, well, why don't we try and do something together? Uh, you're learning a language. I'd love to kind of make it 
a little bit more cool. Let's find out maybe if you've got any Gallic heritage or any ties to there to Hebrides. And then we had several conversations together before we uh, went to production company and they really took that initial idea from us and it became what we now know as Scottish Fling. So it did become a little bit more adventurous, but that idea of, you know, exploring what culture is today and digging deep into various parts of, the, of our homeland, a country that we both are very proud of and, and love, you know, intently actually. But ultimately that show resonated so well with a lot of people and we thought, well, let's, let's go again. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really know where to go, but um, there was a, f- a few few countries on each of our lists and then actually Norway came out of the blue. It was one of these things that we thought, wow, we don't really know much about that country. We'd love to know more. There's similarities there between certain parts of Shetland and Orkney and uh, and especially kind of the, the, the west coast of, um, of Norway and Bergen, especially in that, that kind of oil and, oil and gas industry. Fisheries, the forestry as well is kind of the big industries that they have. So for us, it was uh, it was like, yeah, let's get our teeth into this one. And that's why we packed our bags and off we went. Well, that answers my second question, which is why Norway. <laughs> but So I've had a, a little preview of some of the episodes and I really enjoyed it. But there was an episode when you were going out to buy booze, an yeah. off-licence. <laughs> it's quite different to hear. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I think the booze was all, it was government controlled, yeah. if I'm right, if I remember it right. Yeah, so you can only buy it from these certain markets to buy you can buy beer in most places, but to buy liquor, um, you have to buy it from government. So then it's all high priced and all the tax kind of stuff. So it, it was a bit, and it shuts really. Yeah, it closes early and it's only open certain days. Yeah, and I think it was closed on Sundays. So it is a bit of a shock to us, you know, when you're kind of used to being able to buy it whenever you want. But I mean, it's just it's just their culture of it, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. They don't have a huge drinking culture. Not no, not tons. Seem. It seems to be when the sun's out, yeah. they descend and apparently because they don't have a lot of sun everybody literally just stops working yeah and um and everybody <laughs> seems fine with that like nobody seems to get in trouble because it was weird that one day in oslo but then uh, when the sun came out just the place was yeah, absolutely even yeah. but you notice yeah. it as well when you when you land into some of the airports like when we landed in oslo the duty free was packed full of locals <laughs> stocking up because it was much cheaper. Yeah. And that is the big difference. It is mm. costly to drink out there, you know, if you're buying alcohol in the stores or yeah. inside hotels and restaurants, you know, it does become more of a luxury yeah. to buy. Whereas, you know, it's it's not like that here. We we've got access to it at all times. Yeah. So but it's a it's a really interesting way of, of not even controlling it, just kind of uh, allowing people yes, access to it when they want or because of it, like, I think we maybe medicate a bit with it to an extent in terms of when you've got cold weather and darkness you know it's, it's very easy for people that when it's in, they've got the extreme version yeah. of it maybe it just regulates it a bit more because you're up there and it's pitch darkness for months it's probably <laughs> easy just to kind of thing it but they seem to have their, their heads screwed on yeah, with that they stuff do. they just get themselves bundled up and go skiing <laughs> yeah. which is I mean, healthier exactly <laughs> yeah. like we were talking to people and say like when you see that amount of snow and say we have barbecues in the snow yeah. like they go they have a they've got, they take a couple of beers and a load of meat and yeah. have a barbecue out in the forest in the snow it's wild <laughs> yeah so there's things we could learn maybe but also tons we can learn from yeah. them I said they they very wisely invested their oil fund you know their, their infrastructure is amazing in terms of the roads their green energy you know they're really really pushing that it's electric cars everywhere Yeah, I think they've got the highest electric car 
per person in the world. Yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of Teslas kicking yeah, just about. Just cars, <laughs> other cars are available. Um, <laughs> the, um, yeah, they, they, with a lot of things, they just seem ahead of the game. Like yeah. silly things, which might seem really mundane, but you can 5G everywhere. And mm. I mean, literally at the top of a mountain or at the bottom of a tunnel, um, like t- tunnels that are miles long. Yeah. But you had a full internet signal wherever you go, and it was free. They definitely seem, uh, I don't know why we're so far behind them yeah. in certain aspects. And even even you know the great outdoors there, they they're just at more they're more at one with it all. You know mm-hmm. they've all got a second home, a cabin in the north, or a cabin even twenty miles from the city centre. They all escape at the in the in the weekends and they go to these spaces that are tranquil and beautiful mm-hmm. and surrounded by forestry. And we don't really tend to do that as much here. You know, I think we're we're put off by the great outdoors. But actually, on our doorstep here, we've got all that access. Mm-hmm. But we just don't we don't use it as much. And they seem to to grasp that and and really enjoy it way more than what we do. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to kind of take that and 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 give it to everybody in Scotland to say, you know, we've got the space, we've got the environment. Let's mm-hmm. just go and see it all a little bit more. Yeah. Well, one of the things you did that we don't do here um, was eat a sheep's head. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as someone who doesn't even eat lamb, just the thought of was slightly giving me the boat. But, yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us a story behind that and how did it taste? Look, it was it wouldn't it was not high on my list of priorities when I got there, but you got to embrace the culture. You know, yeah. it's it's something they do at Christmas, and when you hear the history behind it, it's because the farmer would would sell the best parts of the sheep and keep the head for themselves because that would sort of maximise their earnings. Um, it is quite brutal. Yeah. It can be quite the brutal. The process is the quite process brutal process is watch. quite... But, I mean, if you're going to eat meat, you've kind of mm. got to make a piece for that kind of thing. And it's better that all of the animals getting used rather than any of it going to waste. But, no, it's not appetising. It really yeah. not. And fair play to... To fill for having a go at the eye, but yeah. The, well, that was the real the, delicacy of it all as well, yeah, wasn't it? Just it wasn't. Is it the eye? You know, I thought we need to try it. You got to try it. I mean, if you're going to be it. there, you've yeah. got to try it. So we get our back up when people slag haggis. Yeah. You know, so it, you can understand that, but no, it's it's quite visually, it's quite striking. But it yeah. wasn't too unpleasant to eat, if I'm if I'm the, honest. Yeah, we both tried it. It was just okay. like ham. Yeah, just as a bit like you, a ham hot. Like if you'd have got it off the plate like that, and you did it fine. But when it's just there, poor covered thing, in ketchup in the, or gravy, maybe like staring <laughs> in the head, like a, yeah, it's it's full on. Yeah, I was going to say because haggis doesn't look like what it is. Whereas no, if yeah. it's this actual head, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was just turning with the stick. It was it was yeah, it was quite a surreal. Yeah, when we just but something something very authentic or yeah. organic about it as well the yeah. process you know actually the the lady that was showing us around that farm she was so proud of it because mm. it was the only place in that region that produced these and people do buy it for their their celebratory yeah. times around christmas so it is something that they they're still Tradition. proud of which is amazing to see i'm assuming that probably wasn't one of your favorite thing to eat when you were there <laughs> did you have did you find a sort of favorite food or drink or something quite unusual that you liked um, I don't think we found a favourite th- I don't know, I don't personally didn't find a favourite thing to eat, but what I did love was the day that we spent in Credo, mm-hmm. the restaurant. So there's a, a, a very famous uh, Michelin star, female Michelin star chef, and she was the first ever restaurateur to win a green Michelin star award. And we had the day um, with her and her team, and her team were all very young, all highly enthusiastic mm-hmm. about their kind of roles and jobs. And the best thing, not even just about the food that we tried 
the day with that day with her, but actually it was the family feast that she created for the entire uh, workspace and, and yeah, all the, the employees. It was before. a real mm-hmm. kind of and, and not just like a quick a quick fix meal. This was you know a, a really a wholesome hearty meal they all sat down at a big table that was upstairs in the kitchen all gathered had conversations together uh, you know spoke about life work life personal life uh, and take that hour away from the kitchen to actually enjoy some yeah. good food and that was brilliant that day wasn't it I think that was I mean it wasn't my finest moment but the <laughs> uh, fishing day because I yeah I I fell to pieces that day we were celebrating National Day the day before and turned into a bit of a late one so being up in a fishing trawler with <laughs> seeing these fish getting pulled out it seemed gutted just didn't quite sit quite well for, for me so luckily Phil took but once yeah, I um, once that I was day, come so. back from hanging over the side of the boat and we got back to this lovely island the fisherman's family they had their own little restaurant on this little island and you got I mean it was the freshest it fish and chips you're, fish. you're ever going to have in your life it was like they caught it, they gutted it, and then they deep fried yeah. it, and it was it, that was that was delicious. The actual yeah, and the whole family involved, you everybody know? involved. The kids are out fishing with them, and you know helping plate up. Yeah, that was really special. Yeah, that was that was amazing. So from food to drink now, Martin, you met some whales and had a great time, <laughs> although it looked a bit nerve wracking. But in the past, you've mentioned you'd like to bring out your own whiskey and call it Wolf's Head. <laughs> oh no, was that? it no? We would um, because of the, we've got the podcast. We kind of had an idea of. A podcast ideas as the clown and the wolfman and I, and I wanted a whiskey with but I wanted I wanted a striking bottle because yeah. everybody says that's if you're going to try something new what makes you try something new going it's it's the bottle but I think I'm 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 settling on the beer now I think I want to bring out my own beer that's what I want to do and is either of those likely do you think I think the beer is very likely yeah very likely I think we're um very lucky I've got a pal in LA who owns a brewery so um I've been working with him so I think yeah I think uh, at some point. Later in the year, hopefully, you're, you're drinking Restless Natives beer, but who knows? I'm going to bring up my own Pina Colada brand. <laughs> I mean, that's, I don't think that's been done before, yeah. so why not? Well, you know, well, there's a market, there's a space. Yeah. <laughs> also, on Scam, I'd like to ask our guests about their Desert Island jams. So it doesn't have to be whiskey, but I think you are a whiskey fan. Yeah, I like I, I, I do love a Glen Rothes. So I wouldn't say I'm a whiskey expert by any means, but um, I do, I got into. Especially when I'm at home, I don't like uh, as you get maybe it's just getting older and being dad and stuff. I don't like drinking at, at home in the house, but actually there's something different about having just a dram because you're not necking glasses of wine and and or beer and making you feel rough and that. But just a, a a nice a nice whiskey, a nice and say I'm probably a fan of Glenrothes. Have a nice Glenrothes with a wee bit of ice and just have one of them to to watch a nice TV before you 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 knock out for the night. What that sounds good. <laughs> right now that sounds great. <laughs> I'll have whatever you're having. <laughs> what other two drinks would you take away with you? It doesn't have to be whiskey. I love a Malbec. I do love a Malbec, but there's a, a wine brand which is they don't sell over here, and I hopefully come soon because it's very reasonably priced. It's called Josh. It's a California wine, and they've got this Cab Sav. And unfortunately, like well, unfortunately, we, me, and my wife collect the the corks, <laughs> and now when you see the amount, we're like, all right, that's maybe a bit much. <laughs> um, but the uh, it's a very, I mean, it's only like I think it's like fifteen bucks, which is about twelve quid for a bottle of stuff, and it's gorgeous. Um, but it's not for sale over here yet. I'm like, I hope somebody brings it soon. Okay. And Iron Brew. Iron Brew. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I'm not a huge whiskey fan, but I love gin. 
and for me there's still only one since they've come out was the um, I Love Harris gin I love it I think it's brilliant so big fan managed to go to the distillery as well and experience it up there and they just seem to be doing phenomenal right now globally But and they've got a great bottle as you just said yeah Every brand that works has got a nice bottle, you so a, a um, bottle. stick a candle in it at the end, you're getting two for one, it's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> and another two, I mean, I don't know if you know Rosalind, but I was recently on Saturday Kitchen. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and my great friend Helen, who's a brilliant wine expert, she actually opened a bottle of Cremont, but I'm a huge fan of Cremont because it's a much more uh, cheaper version of champagne, but you still got all the nice things. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. I think it's like, you can get it for 10 quid in the supermarkets now, and you're still paying 30, 40 quid for a bottle of champagne. Mm. So, uh, Cremont for me, and uh, and sparkling water. I mean, I just love uh, I drink sparkling water. I love it. The best description I love it. somebody, I read someone describing it, it tastes like TV static. <laughs> I think that's exactly how it is. I just it makes me thirstier when I drink it. Really? It's, oh, yeah, because it's it. fizzy, but with no taste. It's yeah, it's weird. I oh, see, I find it's a very good hangover cure. Is really? Oh yeah, it's the one of the best. Um, so it's another quick travel question for you, Martin. Are there Scottish food and drinks that you miss or take with you when you go back to America? I would call it slice, but um, for thing is square sausage. I, I, you can't just the dimensions of that for a roll. <laughs> You know, it's. I had it this morning actually, and it's the first time I've had it in ages. It is just so good. Like, what I, do you have on it? Not just butter. No, I just like no a bit, like a no thick, not just butter. I'd like it just, just a buttered roll and a nice bit of slice. Like, I get it's just a perfect. I see the way it just, I, I, I think it's my anything I would take it, if I could take it anywhere, would be that. And it's a weird hand to say, but like, I don't think many people do like a, a West Coast Chinese curry. Like a beef curry and chips out of Chinese here. Like even if I go across to Edinburgh and stuff, it doesn't taste the same. Um, <laughs> and that's that would probably, that would probably be my death row meal. The salt and chili chick, chicken wings and uh, beef curry and chips. The only other place it kind of does it similar is, seems to be Belfast. I mean, we're West Coast, we're right yeah. there. But yeah, there's a, a West Coast beef curry. Yeah, that would probably be my, like I'm, I've not had one in months now and I'm, I've got one on Friday night when I'm going to sit down with, my folks and watch uh, Norwegian Flying, yes. which, which is out on across <laughs> iPlayer, and I, I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Also, this takes me on to my next question. I was going to say East versus West in terms of food, but what I'm going to say is, Phil, tell me your favourite places to eat and drink in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> in Edinburgh, I mean, I live in Edinburgh, so for me, it's got a much better variety of of restaurant choices because you've got so many independents as well as the kind of big brands. But I love a Sunday roast at Hawksmoor. I think it's brilliant. And Sunday's a day that you can switch off and I try to switch off just from everything in life and having a, a few hours there is just magical. Good bottle of red and a nice mm-hmm. Sunday roast. It's You can't beat it. I'm a huge fan of, of Tom Kitchen's restaurant in Edinburgh as well. The kitchen, it's brilliant. It's, you know, been there for for decades now and he seems to kind of still pull it out of the bag when it comes to good food. It's a bit pricey at times, but you don't go there all the time, you go there occasionally. And I'm a big fan of, of Jimmy, of Jimmy Lee as well, you know? Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, we're both, we both love Jimmy's food, you know? I know you're a massive Cantonese Chinese fan, but in that I love his salt and chilli brand as well. It's and great food. Phil's got me into all these places. I mean, for me, would be Chateau X, yeah, just Chateau up in Finiston. Yeah, you love that. Great steak. Duck and waffle, which for me, I was like, he took me in. I'm like, 
<laughs> it's a waffle with duck and an egg and soy sauce. <laughs> I was like, this sounds horrendous and it is delicious. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the first place when I say to people, go in, go try it. But make sure you try it because yeah. I, I, I. The combination, you're like, what? You know, but actually, it works. The first place I always go is Jimmy's Salt and Chili. Yeah. His Salt and Chili place is just sensational. Pick it's up brilliant. Food. Food. Uh, I, I, I. I I'm determined to get one open in Greenock at some point. <laughs> Just, um, but yeah, that's, but that's Phil's turned me on to all those places. Yeah. And in the West Coast, I mean, there's a lot happening now in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. You know, for years, Edinburgh was always way ahead with the food and drink scene, but Glasgow seems to have really picked up in the last kind of uh, year or so, specifically. Uh, Hazel, which is amazing in Glasgow, I think it's a brilliant restaurant. And the Merchant City as a whole just seems to be taking a new lease of life. So, yeah, there's there's some really exciting developments out there. Be and one of the places that we like to go in Edinburgh is uh, Nightcap. We love that. Great, <laughs> great cocktail right bar. What's that on? It's on Queen Street. Queen yeah. Street. So you just come by the back of St Andrews brilliant Square. Place. But I was a stool in that place. Like, yeah. I when I, I, I tend to stay in... Um, and St Andrew's Square and uh, when I'm there I love the Grand and if you can get the Glen Eagles Townhouse roof if you can get in there yeah, even you up there you're up there on that roof in the summer with a glass of rosé is sensational but the be- I'm not a big margarita guy but the best yeah. margarita I've ever had Phenomenal. in my life is, is in Nightcap which is just around the corner it's tiny wee bar as it's well it's like a speakeasy yeah. but, and they only let in it's about like the capacity yeah. it's always, but they only let in people in terms of they could pack that out but they only let people in at the tables they don't let people just stand at the bar so it just feels like you just feel you've got space yeah. to sit and catch up and quiet and it still feels like a wee bit of a hidden gem as well 100% saying, so nightcap for sure that would be highly recommended well it's National Margarita Day on Thursday so oh there we go there you go place excuse so we talked a little bit about how the Scotland leg of this came about how did this trip compare to Scotland it felt more epic at the time and it feels more epic now even looking back it just felt that we had a little bit more time ourselves have conversations you know lots of traveling hours and days of mm-hmm. kind of being in the car together so we kind of got to spend a little bit more time with each other yeah you've got production companies there that are filming it but actually that that time is also valuable because they've become part of a family yeah, for that show and um, and the same team worked on season one as they did season two and then in terms of kind of like the adventures that we got up to i definitely for me personally pushed the limits on on, on my adventure part, you know, by trying to jump into anything and jump off everything. You know, we, mm-hmm. we kick off the show uh, with a zip line and we're then ending up being in the kind of North Sea cold waters and the oil rig training. So beforehand, I would have been like, oh, no, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. This time I was like, you know, I'm, I'm OK. Let's let's yeah. go for it. Let's yeah. try it. No, I, it definitely felt just literally it was more of an adventure because when we were filming here... One of the great things about it is that we were at home. So if mm. we were on the East Coast, Phil was going back to Edinburgh, he's going back to his house, and we did a lot on the West Coast, so I was going back. I mean, I actually wanted to start it. Like, I live, my place is right on the river in Greenock, and I was trying to see if <laughs> there was any way he could pull up a boat to the front of the, yeah. front of the house so we could yeah. just start it right there. So it's like... I did were, find your boat, though, in Yeah, you one. did find me. Well, <laughs> if you would call that a boat. But yeah, but we were literally just... I was going home after a couple of nights, yeah. so you weren't on the road as much. You know, you'd do two, three days then we'd have a day or two off at home whereas with this we were just on the road all the time yeah. and we had a lovely day where we we stopped in this place and there's a whole crew there was I mean there's a bit of core of about 10 of us yeah we've all been together for, and we just on a day off all went at the beach together like it wasn't like everybody's going right we just had six days film yeah. it wasn't like oh we're sick of each other it was like right let's all meet here at 12 o'clock tomorrow and yeah. we had a barbecue and went swimming and 
out in one of the fjords, which think, was a bit nippy. Did you get in? I I did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had the saunas and then the fjords. It was brilliant. Yeah, that was lovely. It was like a wee guy just built a, a sauna hut, yeah. on the beach. It was just like a wee hut. It was mental. But it was roasting, wasn't it? It was. It was brilliant that day. And I think that's part of the, yeah. you know, the, the series works so well because we've got a brilliant team behind that as well. You yeah. know, everyone from the cameraman to the soundman, they're, yeah, they're, they're, the they're, fully, they're so fully part brilliant. of it. And that helps us. It puts us at ease mm-hmm. to do things, to meet people, to be a little bit more open. And that, that makes it all special for, for us making it. Not so sure if it's the special thing that they see on camera, but for us to mm. kind of get the best out of it, it's useful to have an incredible team. What's next for 2024 and this year and any, <laughs> any future Well, my, my Pina Colada brand will be out <laughs> yeah. this year. <laughs> um, who knows? I mean, listen, I'm just so thankful and, and lucky to have Martin by my side on both these seasons. I thought season one was... Was a, was a dream, and then I get a season two, and it's you know it's it's kind of it feels bigger, more powerful, it feels better. There's a huge energy around uh, around what we've just been doing over the last kind of week on an advance of the show coming on air. So that's exciting. That kind of makes me kind of want to do a little bit more in this field. But you know who knows? I mean that's that's the beauty of it. This is this is just uh, it's almost like a, a holiday with your pal for for two months of the year, mm. and for me that. That's, that's 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 plenty. I, I'd I'd be happy if I had that uh, for all my life. So yeah. Yeah, you could yeah start filming your job in Glasgow in uh, two weeks. So it'll be taking a couple of months and then big four O in May, um, <laughs> which is quite terrifying. And then uh, for all of us, Scotland and Germany. I cannot wait. Yeah, that's that's like a it's kind of timed quite well that for me and that. Like the last time we qualified for, I mean, obviously, like the boys did amazing to get to, to the last one, but it was during COVID. Um, the stadiums were half empty. It felt weird having a Euros in Scotland to an extent. I think it was all here, but it didn't feel quite right. This is the first time we've qualified for Euros since I was twelve, mm-hmm. and I'm forty next year, and, and, and the next one. So it was nice to say to be able to say to the missus because we would easily <laughs> say like I'm disappearing for three weeks in Germany on to watch Scotland but, but I think I'm getting away with it because of my birthday <laughs> so that's how you're going to celebrate your birthday yeah that's, that's, that's my birthday I'm going to Germany to see the boys well, let's hope we do well then I hope so but just even to be there it's yeah. just to experience mm. it I never honestly you, you start to lose hope after a while just going like is it is it ever going to happen and the way the tournaments are going now it's all this spread over countries thing whereas the, the old way like I grew up watching it was always in one country and, and what I loved about it is all the different nations descending on that and you're going to bump into different cultures and all that kind of stuff that's what I'm excited about in Scotland on the opening night against Germany in Munich there's probably be, be a half a billion people watching this game yeah. and the fact we're involved in it and to be there and like everybody I know is going to go out for it you know so it'll be I can't wait for it. I mean, I hope we do well, but it's more just the experience of it. Should be good. I'm not going, my boyfriend's going, so I'm yeah. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, thank you. Thank you very really much. looking forward to seeing the full series and uh, see where you end up next. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Martin Comston's Norwegian Fling is available on BBC iPlayer now. Thanks to Martin and Phil for being my guests on this episode and thanks to you too for listening. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of Scran. Scran is a logical podcast that's co-produced and hosted by me, Ross and Derskin, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Kelly Crichton. 